Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Anybody wish you were 19 or 20 again? Yeah, a couple of you. Most of you are saying no thanks. Nah, I'm good, man. I'd go back and do a couple things different. Wouldn't put as many chemicals in my hair. That might have done something. Um, But I love seeing you guys here, Taylor. I love it. This morning, um, I want to talk to us about this idea of fervent, white, hot, effectual prayer. The Bible says it this way, that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Or the prayers of the fervent, effectual prayers of righteous men and women matter a whole lot to the Lord. And so I want to dive into this idea here this morning about being a church that prays and that engages. Last week we talked about being a church of the word. That God forbid he would write us this letter that we never read, but that we would be engaged with the scriptures. And so now we come with another spiritual discipline. And it's more than a discipline. I want it to become a delight. Where it's not something that I have to discipline myself and force myself to eat my vegetables. It's something that I actually enjoy and I take pleasure in. This is the dessert of our life. Is that we get to spend it in the presence of the preeminent one. What a joy. Are you kidding me? Like, I get to spend part of my life doing that on this side of eternity, and he invites us into it each and every day. In James chapter 4, verse 3, it says, when you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives that you would spend it upon your own pleasures. How many times do you feel like you have asked something of the Lord and you did not see the fruit of it? You did not get the, uh, the answer to your prayers. And so the Bible says, let's check our heart on this thing, and let's make sure that our heart is connected to the heart of God, so that whenever I'm coming into the presence of the Lord, I'm praying the heart of the Father right back to Him. It would be like your child coming to you and say, Dad, I really can't wait to take out the trash today. Dad, will you let me serve you? Can I clean out your car? Dad, can I wipe down the wheel wells of your, of your tires in your, in your car? Um, for some reason, that's the part that's always missed, isn't it? Dad, I want to, and you are, you're talking your father's heart right back to him. Would the father not want to release that prayer right back upon his kids? And so I want to make sure that whenever I'm coming to the presence of the Lord, I got a grip on the heart of the one that I'm speaking to. So then as I'm coming before him, and this isn't to manipulate his heart, it's for my own good and it's for his maximum glory that I would pray back the heart of the Lord. And with fervent, white-hot, effectual prayer, that's going to matter a whole lot. I also think that this matters, specificity, to be specific in our prayers. Dr. David Yangi Cho, he tells this in in his book, The Fourth Dimension. The Fourth Dimension, meaning we live in a 3D world, the fourth dimension is that level of the supernatural, where the super comes upon our natural and it begins to move things. And so he says, we got to tap into this fourth dimension. And he says he was talking to, uh, to a guy who needed a transportation, and he just, he just wanted a bike. 
just wanted a, a bicycle. And so he asks the Lord for a bike. And over the course of time, this broken down, beat up bike that hardly even worked shows up in his life, and he's trying to ride through this bike. And so they started talking about this, this, this specificity of the prayers. God, can I actually have a bike that works? God, can I have a bike that's a 10-speed bike that would actually help me get to, from point A to point B? You know what? I would actually like it to be blue. God, could I have a, a blue bike that's a 10-speed that actually works? And could I even have a basket on the front of it? God, that the way could hold, you know, all of my merchandise. I don't know, paraphernalia. And so he begins to pray specifically for something. And would you not believe that it began and he got this bike that was very specific. I don't know about you, but sometimes we can come to the presence of the Lord and it's so chaotic, we don't even know what to pray. We don't really have a grip on the heart of the Lord, nor do we have a clue on really what's going on in our life to pray at a point, to put a point on it, to say this is the direction. This is where I got to land the plane, specifically on this piece. And so here's where I want us to go this morning, is to get a grip of the heart of the Lord, to know what's going on in my life, and to pray heaven to earth on this matter specifically. And to get specific, I've got to have, I've got to zero in on something. We just don't pray, God, we just want world peace, okay? Probably pretty general, right? God, we, we ask you for specifically maybe, you're going after it, you're targeting a, a country. Maybe even more specific, a, a state. Maybe even more specific, a, a, a town. A, 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 maybe even specifically the leader of that place. And we're going to zero in on this person's heart. Or maybe it's not all of the nation, but specifically we're going to start targeting education. And so, Lord, we just pray for a God-centered education. Lord, we just pray that, in all, that all wisdom would be God's wisdom. All knowledge would come from the heart of God and would flow to glorify God, it would be the betterment of the people. So God, we specifically are praying. Let's just pray for education right now. Jesus, we just pray right now over a nation that would have a God-centered education, that when America shined, it's because the Ten Commandments were hung in the public schools. Lord, we just pray that we would bend and bow again to you, Jesus. We just pray for, for our, our state, for our government to, to bend to the glory of God in education again. Lord, we just pray for those that might have a call to go into education right now. Even those workers, uh, we have uh, representatives even now and faculty members in, in, in education. Lord, we just pray, Jesus, that they would be like a, like a lamp, like a burning and shining lamp in these schools wherever they go. Lord, we pray over college students that have a desire for LED, that they would come in and get a hold of young hearts at a young age. Lord, that they would begin to form and fashion these minds. Because as, as Abraham Lincoln said, that the, that, the, that the government in one generation is only a reflection of, of the education in the previous generation. Lord, we just pray right now that what we're being taught right now would be the awesome glory of God that would shine in this next generation. In Jesus' name, amen. We start getting specific on prayers, and we have some intensity about it. We don't flippantly just kind of, hey, here's your meal, and just kind of flop some soup out and hope that it lands in the bowl, okay? We're getting very specific. We're getting very uh, targeted. We're scooping that thing, and it's got to land somewhere. Are y'all with me? To where we start pinpointing. God, we just pray for all of our kids. No, pray for your kids. Pray for your grandkids. Pray for their friends. God, we just, we just pray over Kevin, man. He is shady, and he is moving my son's heart. And I don't like Kevin, but Jesus, we need Kevin to get saved. 
Kevin's sending some weird texts to my son right now, and I don't like that, all right? So, Jesus, we got to get a hold of Kevin and set up a meeting with me and Kevin very soon, all right? You got this, Jesus? And we start pinpointing some stuff. Are y'all, y'all with me? I hope you are. We need to be, we need to get specific. Imagine a restaurant that doesn't have specific measurements on their food, and every time you order, it's just something different. We went to McDonald's yesterday. It's the exact same cheeseburger that Ray Crook's been doing since whatever, you know, 50 years. It's unbelievable. The line was all the way out to the road. It's unbelievable. Why? Specificity. You know what you're getting every time. Imagine a coffee shop. You just order a coffee, but it's no, we don't really know which one you're going to get back. Uh, you might get this one. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take that one. Um, imagine directions to someone's house. You know, when you kind of go past that third tree on the left, there's usually like a dead dog laying there turn, you know, there, we'll be kind of, you know, we're the second house or the third, either one, just knock, you'll figure it out eventually, right? Specifics matter. They're just helpful. They help you get to where you ultimately want to go. And so we start pinpointing some things, maybe even as you're thinking about your kids, not even just generally, God, just help, you know, Teresa, my, my daughter, help her out. No, God, specifically, we want to break this addiction in her life. Right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're coming hard after this addiction. And we're, we're, we're not backing off of this thing. Jesus, we are knocking, we're knocking, we're knocking, and we refuse to be denied. As Jesus says, come, seek, knock, ask, and the door will be open to you. Okay, Jesus, if that's what you're saying, then I'm going to have callous knuckles, and I refuse to be denied until you answer this prayer. And so Jesus, with, with callous knees, callous knuckles, I'm bending and I'm bowing and I'm knocking on the door of heaven until you respond. Because I'm believing in you and I'm trusting that you're a God of breakthrough, that you will respond to your children's hearts. And I'm praying back the heart of God. I know you hate addiction. And I know you want to set free your people. I'm not praying selfish prayers, God. I'm praying for freedom. I'm praying for my daughter to, to worship you. And so we start lasering in. And there's some intensity about it. I don't know about you, but I get bored with prayers that we just kind of pray around the situation and about the situation rather than speaking and calling on God to change it. God, we just kind of gather in this room, and as we're in this room, we just smell the cedar wood that's around us, and we look into the sky, and we see the wind that's moving the clouds. Come on. We're praying to break sickness and disease off of this person's life. And so we're coming after the Lord. God, we're, we're speaking to you right now, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we start exercising some authority. We, we come to the throne room of heaven with boldness and with confidence, speaking to God because we're seated at his right hand. And the Holy Spirit is making intercession with us, groans and prophetic utterances. Utterance means words that we can't even speak or articulate, but the Holy Spirit is speaking and moving on our behalf. Let's partner with God, and let's get specific and laser in on some prayers. Cool? We can do this. We can do this. I got an urgency in my spirit, man. I wish I could preach it to you harder, but I feel, I feel this. I feel like we need to go there. That we need to be a church that has authority in the throne room. That we're not just delicate and dainty. That we come marching in like a mighty man 
like a bad woman, a bad mamma jamma. We come walking in and not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. But the problem is we don't think of ourselves as highly as we ought. We are sons and daughters of the king. And we come walking in with boldness and with confidence before this God. And we're saying, God, we are praying the heart of God back to you. And we ask you for freedom and liberty. We're asking for heaven to invade earth as it comes to our government. God, raise up men and women that want to lead in our, in our towns, in our states, in our, in our country. Jesus, we're asking for governors and senators to be raised out of this church right now. God, we're asking for, for school board members that would get a heart to, to see a movement that would take place, that would, that would throw their name in the hat. God, we're asking for, for those who are going to run for a, a local board, whatever it is, and we start seeing a movement of the church. Rather than coming to church to be entertained, we get fired up and equipped to go lead our communities. And so I'm, I'm praying specifically for that thing. God, you want to see your glory shine in this place. I'm not asking for a BMW. It'd be cool. I'm not going to reject the BMW. But that's not my heart when I come to the throne room. My heart is for change, for radical impact, for the glory of God to shine and radiate in our community again, right? I was talking to my kids about praying something very specific to come before the heart of the Lord. I'm praying with Judah and with Nora one night this last week. I said, Judah, something specific that you want. And Judah says, I want to be the wisest person in all of Fairmount. <laughs> and I said, let's do it, man. Let's pray that we'd be the wisest person in all of Fairmount, that all of Fairmount's ever seen, you'd be the wisest one. So let's pray that. It's like King Solomon's heart. You're gonna, you get one shot with the king. You get one shot before God. What are you going to ask for? He could have asked for anything. Loads of money, influence, fame, a bunch of Twitter followers. He says, God, I want your wisdom so I would know how to lead your people. That's what Judah said. Nora, you know what Nora said? Nora said, I want more slime. <laughs> That's what she said. I said, let's do it, man. We're going to pray, Jesus. We ask you for more slime. Jesus, we want as much slime as we possibly can have in our family, and we want to make it and build it and all that sort of stuff. And she just smiled so big. She loved it. What is it that we want? What is it that we're going after that that prayer would honor the Lord? And God's not going to be intimidated by your prayer. He's not going to say, that's a little too big now. I don't know if I can pull this one off. Come on, let's honor the Lord with some big prayers. Let's honor a big God with some big prayers coming before him. Anybody ever seen this? These are rock Karens. And rock Karens, what they used to do is to help mark the trail. And so people would stack rocks. And as you're going a certain way, people would stack these rock Karens as you're going down a certain path or a trail. They became so popular that what people began to do is they just got bored on the trail and they're like, hey, let's just stack a whole bunch of rocks, whether that was the trail or not. And so now you see it and you're like, oh man, there was a bunch of idiots that like did this rock, Karen. The trail must go this way. About six months ago, I was on a trail where I got lost in Colorado going up about a 14,000 foot mountain and we needed these rock Karens. State parks now say, stop building Karens because you're misleading people and they're going off of the way. I just wonder, has there been some of these 
monuments, these cairns that have been built, either in your family or even in this church, where you thought the model was soft prayer. You thought the model was casual. Uh, this must be the path. It was just kind of casual, placid, ineffectual prayer. It's just like, let's just be nice and holy, and, and let's be, be proper, because God wants us to, like, you know, have straight spines and, you know, bow, bowed heads and, and silent voices. That must be the right path for us to take. And as the state park ranger, I want to say, let's knock down some of these old Karens that are leading us in the wrong direction. Because what the Bible would say is that we need some passion, some intensity, some authority, some energy when we come into the presence of the Lord, praying a beeline to the heart of God from heaven to earth. So God, wants whatever's going on in heaven, we pray that on earth. That's what Matthew 6 says. Jesus says, when you pray, you ought to do it like this. And he says, let, you, let the kingdom come. And so, God, we're praying the kingdom. What is the kingdom? And so we just start praying the kingdom of God and start coming to my marriage. God, specifically, we're just attacking this piece. Every little misunderstanding, it, we turn a mountain from a molehill. God, we just pray, God, that right now we would be able to, that you would just make all of those crooked paths straight. And we just pray for some smooth traction to start taking place, specifically misunderstandings. I don't know why, but we are just like, we're missing each other big time. God, we just pray that our humor would start aligning. Because she doesn't get it, and she just gets offended. I don't get it, and I just, I, I get, mis, I, all that misunderstanding. So God, specifically, we're going to attack that. Yeah, do it. Do that stuff. It will work. If we don't think that, that prayer will work, then, then I would just say we've missed a ton of scripture. And we've missed really the heart of God, of having a communication line of, of the Lord. God, specifically, I'm praying whatever those pieces would be. But for some reason, we don't want to take the wrong path that would get us out of a line. Sometimes we can get really good at whatever it is that we practice. Am I practicing trust? Or do I practice worry? Do I practice a big faith in God? Or am I practicing an unbelief because I just choose to not pray after this thing? Am I practicing precise prayers? Or am I really, I have not much of a practicing prayer life at all anyway. I'm a chaplain with TLC Management. Every Monday morning, we have a leadership team meeting where I give a devotional and then we pray with the team. One of the things that we've specifically been praying for is TLC's building a, a lot more right now in Florida. They call Florida Heaven's Waiting Room. Um, and also, all of the boomers are hitting right now as it comes to, to nursing facilities. It's called the Silver Tsunami is happening right now. They're all hitting at once, so they're building in, in Florida. Um, don't mean to offend anybody, it's just business jargon. Um, and so one of the things that we're praying for is we need... Um, there's two new builds that just happened in Florida that you have to get licensed for. And so in all of these conversations that we've had, yeah, you can do it, yeah, you can do it, yeah, you can do it, but they haven't given us the license yet. And we are ready to open, and we're selling the, the building, and we're getting people that are wanting to come, but we don't have the license yet. And so as we're talking to our business office managers, and they're saying, telling us back in our morning meeting, because after I end our morning devotion, I'll say, what are some things that we can pray for the team? And this one comes back and they say, we don't know how this is going to happen. Florida is denying us. They're not going to give us the breakthrough. They're not going to give us the license. This isn't happening. And what she says, she says this, aside 
from a move of God, this will not happen. And I smile really big. And I'm like, ugh. Start licking my lips in the spirit, man. I'm like, yes, finally. Something rather than just like help Aunt Lulu's hairdresser's dog walker with her sniffles. Like I'm tired of praying for, for hangnails. Like come on, let's, let's do something only God can do. Let's do a supernatural shift where you shift health care in a state. And so we say, okay, God, let's do it. God, we, we ask you for a license. We ask you for two of them right now that you would open doors that no man can shut. God, that you would do something supernatural that we in our own efforts for, for about 18 months, over a year and a half, we've been trying, and they say, no, no, no. God, we say in one day, make it a yes. And so we pray this thing. What happened? Anybody want to take a guess? The next morning meeting, which was six days ago, she said, I don't know how this happened. And I smile real big. I say, I do. And she goes, yeah, you're right. I do know how this happened. Only God could have done this. It's a testimony to all of the people that are in TLC because she said only God can make this happen. And we got two licenses to open up these two facilities. It's unbelievable, a supernatural thing of the Lord. What is the big thing? God, I need this. And aside from you, it will not happen. And so we're coming into the, the presence of the Lord and we're asking and we're seeking and we're knocking and we refuse to be denied until you answer us, Lord. There's an urgency in our spirit that we take this to. Maybe even for some of you, you think, man, I just don't want to be selfish. Like I, God's got a lot going on. I don't want to like pray about my own life. I want to tell you this. God is a good father. And good fathers want to hear the hearts of their kids. And so God, here's what's on my heart. And here's what I'm going through, dad. Dad, I just want to, oh man, if my kids would ever say, dad, I just know you're too busy. Dad, you're too busy. I, I just don't want to tell you what's going on in my life. Oh, I would be aching if my kids told me that I'm way too busy to pay attention to them. So people, can you just erase that myth that you should not pray about your own life? But Father, here's what's going on in my life, and I just want to share it with you, and I need a breakthrough, Dad. And here's what we're specifically, and man, Dad, if you can just shift this. Abba, Father, we cry out. So talk to your Father about what's going on in your life. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. This is Jesus talking, and it says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've already received their reward in full. We don't do it for a show. Hey, they would do it for a show, great. They already got their reward. Cool, good for them. They're not getting anything else from me. They got, a, they got an applause from the crowd. But if they really want a reward... I want you to do this thing and be, like, like be moved by the heart of God, disconnected from the praise of men. Verse 6, when you, go, uh, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because they have more words. Here's something else, people. Don't pontificate about stuff that just doesn't matter. And just to fill up space or to fill up the air, let's laser in. We're not shooting a whole bunch of arrows. We're shooting one right at it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray many, 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 many times about the certain thing. But don't think that the Lord's going to listen more just because you have a whole bunch of words. Sometimes we get intimidated. Well, I can't pray like that guy. I can't pray like that girl. Forget it. You pray you. You pray your heart, and you get really pinpointed and specific. 
It's not about how many words. Do not be like them, for the Father knows what you need even before you ask him. Check this out in James chapter 5, verse 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This, prayer, this, uh, this phrase, effectual, fervent, it's uh, kind of a well-known expression as far as throughout the scriptures and, and throughout history. Here's what, the, here's what it, uh, the Greek word. It originates in this King James Version. It actually translates from the single Greek word where we get energio. Energio is the Greek word. It's kind of like a cousin to our word energy. So he's saying when you come into the presence, have some energy. Have some fire. Have a little gusto. Bring it. Anybody ever played sports and you had no zip and you had no energy? You couldn't get up and down the court. That's boring. Get your butt on the bench. You're not getting any playing time. He says, bring it. When you come to me, I want to see some fervent, effectual energy, all right, to bring that with you. It has this idea of an energizing. It's similar to an electrical current that brings energy into a circuit. And when it's applied in this passage, it, it suggests a type of prayer that is passionate, heartfelt, heated, persistent. The Amplified Bible, it says it this way. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. This is the kind of prayer that I believe is so much opposite of that lethargic, disconnected, repetitious, super spiritual types of prayer. It's passionate. It's not just to kind of whip up emotionalism, but it actually cares. It's moved. It's gripped. It's radical. It moves in something. Check this out. The late British Methodist minister, William Booth, he's the founder of the Salvation Army back in the 1800s. In 1865, the 36-year-old Englishman founded the Salvation Army with the intent to evangelize the poor, literally changing his society with the salvation message of Christ. He once said this, You must pray with all your might. That does not mean saying your prayers or sitting gazing about in a church or a chapel with eyes wide open while someone else says them for you. It means fervent, effectual, untiring, wrestling with God. It means that grappling with omnipotence, that clinging to him, following him, so that to speak day and night as the widow did to the unjust judge. If you remember that story, she knocks all night long until he finally, he finally for, she finally forces him to get out of bed and say, what is it that you want? In order just to get you to leave my house, I'll give you whatever you want. He says, in the same spirit, continue to knock and seek and wake up God if you have to until he responds and answers. He goes on, as, uh, as she did with the unjust judge, with agonizing pleadings and arguments and entreaties until the answers come and the end is gained. This kind of prayer, be sure, the devil and the world and your own, uh, and your own thoughts, unbelieving nature, they will oppose. 
They will pour water on this flame. They will ply you with suggestions and difficulties. They will ask you how you can expect that your plans and purposes and feelings of God can be altered by your prayers. They will talk about impossibilities, and they will predict your failures. But if you mean to succeed, you must shut your eyes and your ears to all but what God has said and hold him to his own word. And you cannot do this in any sleepy mood. You cannot be a prevailing Israel unless you wrestle as Jacob wrestled. Regardless of time, aught else, save obtaining the blessing sought. That is, you must pray with all your might. For some of you, maybe you've got an unbelieving spouse in here. You need to pray with all your might. You need to wrestle as Jacob wrestled with the angel. That you contend and you go into the presence and you're saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. I refuse to be denied on this one. God, I know this is your heart and I'm not backing off of it. And it's more than just a day. It's more than a decade. It is a life of interceding, pressing into this thing. You're going to continue to go and to, and to get after the heart of God. I remember this, when we had challenged our men to be this last summer where we fasted and prayed one day a week, and we pulled this from the, from the man of Jeremiah Langsphere back in 1857 where he had this burning passion inside of his heart to raise up a group of men that would pray together. And he called a prayer meeting in New York City. And you would have thought that thousands of people showed up. Guess how many people were there? Six. Six of them showed up. And week after week, they would contend for the heart of God. Before long, there was 10. Then there were 20. Then there were 100. Then there were thousands. Here's a picture of, a, of drawings of what they think it might have looked like at the beginning. In the sanctuary, it's kind of scarce. After a while, they had to move the prayer meeting to the streets of New York because thousands of people started, ha uh, started hearing about it. It goes into the newspaper. As it moves west, it picks up in Cincinnati, and they have this massive prayer movement. It goes to Kansas City. They have this massive prayer movement. It eventually ends up on the west coast, and there's this businessmen's prayer meeting that moves all across, and there's this awakening that takes place because of the power of prayer that happened in the 1800s, the glory of God, and we need another great awakening. I want to also challenge parents as you're thinking about kids. I want to think about grandparents as you're thinking about raising up the, the next Langsphere, not raising up with fear, but with a spirit of Langsphere, that, that prophetic spirit, right? And, and, and not with a lack of force, but like a William Wilberforce, right? One that's got this movement of God, that whenever they come into the presence of God, they've got some strength and some might to pray some things over your children. Abraham Lincoln said this, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. What if you were given seven days a week to get whatever your job is, to get that done? And your job is more than just whatever you do for work. It's raising up kids, it's, it's your wife, it's your, it's your husband, it's your, it's your family. It's all of those things that's leading the community. And you said, if I've got seven days to do this, what if I just spent the first 15 minutes in prayer? Sharpening my axe, sharpening my spirit man so I'm ready. Sharpening my mindset. God, I just pray that my mind, I'd have the mind of God today. I just want to think with the mind of Christ. Lord, I pray that, that, that the fruit of the Spirit would just flow through my life, that I'd have love and joy. Come on, just fill me with the joy of Jesus. Peace, that the Prince of Peace would reign and rule. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God, I want to reign and rule over myself well today. That was just 30 seconds. 
What if you did 15 minutes of just soaking your spirit in the presence of the Lord? Sharpen the axe as you engage. Parents and grandparents, check this out. Moses, he had a mama named Joshabed. And Joshabed began to pray over Moses. She had to turn her son over to the Egyptians. Can you imagine the prayers of this woman as she sticks him into a basket and he begins to, to float on down the way? I just envision her weeping and crying on the floor, God, save my son. God, raise up a leader. Let him. Can you imagine he shifted all of Egypt? He began to lead a couple million people out of slavery because there was a mama that was praying to him, God, I want to pray over my children like Joshabed did and raise up a, a, a redeemer. For my people. Here's one of the prayers, parents and grandparents. I pray this that we see this scripture over John the Baptist. It says that that John the Baptist had the joy of the Lord on his spirit. Even in the womb, he leaped for joy whenever he encountered Jesus. That he would have that my children would have joy, like John the Baptist. Is it that that he would bring joy to many and that he turned a nation back to God? So that's what I pray. That they would have joy inside of their spirit, that they would also be a joy and a blessing to many. And they would turn people's hearts back to the Lord. That's just a prayer that I have over my children. John Wesley, one of the greatest evangelism, uh, evangelists of the 1700s, would speak to thousands and thousands. They, they guess over 20,000 people that, he's, that he would speak to. But he had a mama named Susan Wesley. She raised John in a home dedicated to the word of God and to prayer. She had two dedications, the word of God and prayer. In the midst of raising 10 children, Good night. Ten children that she raised. She would spend two hours a day in prayer herself. I have three kids and I can't find time to brush my teeth. How does she spend two hours in prayer? Many days she couldn't find a place of solitude, so she would lift her apron over her head just so that she could be alone with God. And the kids knew when mom lifts her apron over her head, She's going to be with Jesus, and we back off mama. She's having her time with the Lord. There was no other place for her to get alone with the Lord, so she just stood there in the middle of the room, put the apron over her head, and she was in the holy of holies. I want to encourage you, where can you make it? Is it your office? Is it your car? Is it your shower? Is it an apron over your head? Is it your dorm room? Find that place with the Lord. Find it. And so then she raises up. John Wesley, Charles Wesley, they're brothers. He wrote over 9,000 different hymns that we still sing today. Fervent, effectual prayers of a mama that raised up unbelievable men of God. I only got about three more pages of notes, but I'm going to stop there. Anybody get what I'm saying? (laughs) Mm. This is the kind of church we want to have, man. This is the kind of church we want to have. We want this. And I would say this not to shame anyone, but I think just to maybe bring some awareness. The amount of time that we want to spend in prayer signals the amount of spiritual hunger we have for God. John Piper says it this way. He says, it's not that we desire too much. It's just that we've eaten at the table of the world too often to where our stomachs are full. 
and we no longer have an appetite for the things that are great. And so we nibble, and we fill ourselves with entertainment, and we fill our time with things that don't matter, and that in the light of eternity are going to make no difference. Yet, we complain about our family, we complain about our nation, we complain about our country, and we fill ourselves with bad entertainment and bad news, and then we complain about all of it. When I would say, fill yourself with none of it, and go straight to the glory of glories, and let's transcend all of this and get the heart of God, the mind of God, and then bring this mindset from heaven to earth and say, okay, now I know how to lead. Now I know how to, how to romance my wife. Now I know how to lead my children. Okay, now I know how to lead in my community. Okay, I got this. Let's reverse engineer this thing because what we're doing now isn't working. But if we go straight to heaven, get the heart of God, and pray God's heart right back to him, I believe, church, that we're going to see some major impact in our world and in your family. Would you all stand with me this morning as we close? Oh, Jesus, we ask you for a church that would pray. We ask you, Lord, that you would move upon our hearts with a conviction, that we would walk into your presence with a conviction. Lord, we pray that the spiritual hunger would increase in our spirit, man. Lord, we pray over these Taylor students right now, God, that they would begin to mark a new trajectory by the way that they spend their time. God, that they would not just punt the next four years and just think that they're educating their minds. Lord, we pray that they, would, that they would get their spirits soaked in the presence of God. Lord, we pray over the youngest one that is downstairs in the nursery to the oldest elder that's standing in the sanctuary. God, that you would just raise up a church that intercedes, that prays with boldness and with confidence. We pray for specificity. We pray that we would be locked in on targets. And Lord, we pray that we would not relent. With callous knees and callous knuckles, we continue to knock, knock, knock until you answer. Lord, I pray for a perseverance in our spirits. Lord, I pray for a stamina to hang in the game. I just feel like for some parents and some grandparents right now, you are aching. You are weary. Whew. And you're tired. And the prayer is not being answered, and it's hope deferred. Come on, baby. Stay in the game. Where else are you going to go? To whom else will you turn? Stay in the game and continue to pray. Continue to seek God. Do not get weary in well-doing. God, I pray for stamina, and I pray for energy to hang tough in prayer. And Lord, I pray that you would respond. God, we ask you for supernatural breakthroughs in people's lives. And these prayers that have been going on for years and decades, God, we ask you to respond in Jesus' name and do a thing that only you can do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.